Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Lights Come Around. Looks like we got some bad news for the Spider-Verse. Three movies been to come out next year. We got some bad news about Jonathan Majors. We got some big news about Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Superman Legacy, and we've also got some leaks about a remaster that I cannot wait for. But before we get all into that, you guys know exactly what comes up first. Welcome to the Light Camera Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. I never get tired of that. I know I said it every week, but I never get tired of it. <laughs> As I said, welcome back, everybody. And you know, you know it's been... I think about a good six to seven weeks since the last time it was just a me episode, which please, if you haven't already, please go check our last few episodes. We've had Don't Be A Hero podcast, we've had Two Sides of Story, we've had Comic Book Boys, we've had Why So Sidious. It's been an insane few weeks, and that's not just all. We have got so many more guests lined up that I can't wait to show you. Uh, but yeah, it's been quite... Uh, interesting for you, and look, or not to mention, for the very first time, currently right now, uh, earlier we streaming on YouTube and streaming on Facebook, we're streaming for the very first time on Kick. Kick seems to be getting a lot of traction lately between the Twitch community, which we're seeing that with the recent news, with everything that's happening with Twitch, not looking good, you might be on a downward spiral. But uh, everyone I've spoken to is Kick is the place to be. And not to mention, if you want to uh, be affiliated and start making money, Kick is definitely a good way to start that growth pattern for you. Um, but that's where we do. So let's have, let's see how we go. Um, but also in the past week, uh, we're going to take, we're going to go all about the news that's happened the past week. The one little tidbit I do want to say that I'm really excited for is last week we we ended ourselves into the Australian Podcast Awards for 2023. Now, I did I missed my chance last year, unfortunately. Missed my last, my chance because I was a little bit late. I was like, oh, there's an awards ceremony. Oh, and it it's already um dates and times already done. Shit. <laughs> Um, I was like, oh, well, I'll try again next year. So this year I made sure that I was going to enter without a shadow of a doubt, which I have been with it into one category, which those awards will be happening. Uh, I think it's November. So fingers crossed. Uh, but for anyone who is a podcaster, I highly recommend that you guys definitely go to these awards. Yes. Was it a little bit pricier than I expected? Andre bucks now was that a little bit pricey than I expected but hey you know you're only into these things once what's the worst that could happen uh best thing is you win an award so fingers crossed uh for us but that's what we're done so yeah we've been quite busy yeah just you know quite busy between the awards not to mention we crossed the 200,000 views on YouTube uh which thank you very much to all of you who tune in every single week on the YouTube platform um, very grateful for that. We crossed that. We crossed two thousand followers on Instagram. Um, just all up, all up from here. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to the latest news, and then we're going to reviews, which we're going to be reviewing the latest episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion, and we're going to be looking at Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny, the fifth outing for the Indiana Jones and the swan song that is for Harrison Ford as a titular character. Uh, so. As I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, is we've got some bad news about Across the Spider-Verse. So, what really sucks is apparently a news report has come out that apparently about 100 of employees that are working on Across the Spider-Verse left the project uh, due to terrible working conditions. Uh, that's, that's, look, yeah. It's hard with these stories. It's, these stories seem to become more common, uh, as we've seen with The Flash, with the terrible, terrible CGI, and what's happened with Marvel. Now, it, it 
does really suck if it is indeed the case, uh, because what has come out is a fantastic film. The film is great. All the reviews for it are great. My review for it I did a couple of weeks ago with the YSOC is with We Both Loved It. We can't wait for the next one, which is Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is meant to come out in March next year. Unfortunately, what we've seen from the latest news report is that that most likely will not happen at that date. Look, I do hope it happens at that date, uh, but at this stage, it's looking that it could be pushed back. So we might see it later in the year, probably the October, November. Um, but I really hope that's not the case. But it's, it's hard because you see these reports and you're like, you've done such a great job, but this is what's happened. I'm like, oh... Now I can't. Now I kind of feel bad. <laughs> uh, but you tell me: Do you are you excited for the Beyond the Spider Verse, or do you are you happy for them just to take as long as they need in to make this to wrap off this trilogy? Now, because the second one was so good, the expectations for this is so high. Not even funny. The first one, great. I oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. First one, good. Second one, great. How were they going to top this? That was my biggest question after watching Across the Spider Verse. Like, how do you top this? Who are you going to pop up? All the cameos weren't great. All the acting was great. How are you going to wrap up everything so nicely and crisp? Everyone's going to be happy about it. That's that's going to be a bit of a struggle. But at this stage. With this latest news, it is not looking for good for Beyond the Spider-Verse to hit its March release date. Uh, but we're going to hang on for that. Another really good, big, good, happy news is that uh, we got we saw a news report that Chadwick Boseman will be getting his walk Hollywood walk out Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, he'll be making uh, when they do the ceremony later this year. He will be getting his walk of fame, which is well deserved for him um look it's it's still a tragic passing with Chadwick Boseman and he will be one of the very big what ifs you know what happens if what happens if he stayed what sorry stayed whatever if he's still alive what happened with uh Black Panther 2 what would happen with the MCU moving forward there is so many questions it's a very similar to Heath Ledger just a massive what if uh what if he was still alive, which is the really hard part. So uh, all our condolences to his fa- family. This is great news. It couldn't happen to a, a better person. So I'm really glad that he's getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, I said it right. <laughs> uh, also, our in-production is Mortal Kombat 2 is now started shooting. Mortal Kombat we got in 20, I think it's 2021. We got the Mortal Kombat movie the reboot which was spectacular loved it yes could the cgi been a little bit better but you know can't complain uh the cgi could have been a little bit better so many action scenes were a little bit jarring but overall this was a great great uh reboot of Mortal Kombat from the Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 that we saw in the late 90s it has some of the most cringe act cringe cringe-worthy acting performances you will ever see. Trust me, there. please go watch those films. You know exactly what I mean. But uh, they've started shooting. There will be new characters popping up from the franchise. So I'm guessing if they've started shooting now, uh, I'd say late, late 2023, uh, sorry, late 2024, we should see this film at least this time around. Uh, it won't, we won't be in a global pandemic. So we're good to go see this movie in theaters because when this movie came out, uh, my state in Australia is that we were in heavy lockdown. We could not go to the movies. So uh, this was one of those movies that got split up between going to the theater and you could buy it on a streaming service, uh, same day release, which we got to watch it, which was really, really good. And I, I can't wait for the sequel. But yeah, say late, late 2024 for that one. Uh, also, what we got was we've got our official brand new Superman and brand new Lois Lane for the upcoming James Gunn written and directed Superman Legacy that is coming in July 2025. 
it's funny because when this got announced, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's right. I was like, oh, hang on. That's right. This is still really far away. Like, this is very far away. 2035. I can't even, off the top of my head, I can't remember what is coming out next year with DC. Because I know we're getting Aquaman. I know we're getting, uh, not even the Batman got pushed back to 2025. Um, yeah, because we're getting we're at Flash, we've got Blue Beetle, we've got Aquaman 2, all coming this year. So, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on what DC film is coming out next year because everything is pretty much slated for 2025, which a big part of this is because of the writer's strike, which is currently still going on as I'm recording this, uh, which, unfortunately, this time of the year's time, TV, movies, there will be a lull. Uh, and delay of everything where we see not only delays in shows, which a lot have already been announced, but another thing will be but probably quality. Quality of the show. You know, there are shows previous when the last Rise Strike on, you can see that, you know, for example, season one, two, killer. Three, dull, terrible writing, and then four, right back up. And you can go, yep, that is where the last Rise Strike was. So, unfortunately, we, as the consumers, as viewers, we must anticipate that, that that is going to happen moving forward, which sucks. But, yeah, what can you what you can do as a consumer, what can you do? But the writers need to be paid the right amount of money. They need uh, to be compensated for what they're doing, especially with the rise of AI. Like, don't get me wrong, AI... It is a blessing of a thing when you try to write emails and try to come up with content ideas. Like for AI, like ChatGPT for a podcaster, and I'll go over a little side point, is fantastic for a podcaster or any content creator for that matter. If you're trying to think of uh, shorts, reels, YouTube videos, um, just episodes around it sort of thing, ChatGPT is fantastic. And also, apparently, there's also a new one that's going to be coming, I think, from Google. That's on the horizon as well. That is meant to be bigger, badder than JBT, which we'll see as that we'll see as that unfolds, really. Um, but, you know, for example, like I found one um, for anyone who's listening to this episode that's a content creator uh, that does videos, I recommend uh, Obius, O-P-U-S. Uh, this program that I found uh, you know, goes through a video and creates shorts from it for you or gives you templates to play around with, which is fantastic. And it's, you know, it's interesting when you look at it and you go, wow, there is so many tools out there. Like I just found one this morning. It was called Tune Spanner. And then there's another one. Like there's just so much to help you grow and move forward. But pulling back, <laughs> pulling back a lot. Yeah, sorry. Superman Legacy, we've got our brand new Superman, and we've got our brand new Lois Lane. Now, uh, Superman is played by Dav- yeah, sorry, uh, David Coruscant. I probably butchered his last name. I did the same thing when I made a reel for it earlier this week. Uh, and Rachel Brochan, uh, as you can see if you're watching the live stream, uh, you can see their photos right there. Now, so far, all the feedback I have seen for everyone across the internet versus everyone's very happy with this casting list. My only gripe about it is just the just the age. Now, I think uh, when Superman Legacy comes out, I think Day will be 35, uh, 34, which when Henry Cavill took over the role and when Man of Steel, he was younger. So it's just, you know, for me, I probably, depending on where it is, I probably would get a little bit younger. However, Superman Legacy is meant to be bat- the Batman version of Year One. So... This isn't going to be an origin story. This isn't going to be, you know, he fell from Earth. He can't boy. Uh, you know, he's going to grow up to be blah, blah. He's the message, you know, man of hope, blah, blah. No, so this is meant, and him, he is Superman. He's come to the world. He's been saving people for a whole year. And it's going to be him adjusting to, I know, uh, what's the legacy? Or what's the legacy of Superman? What's to be still fitting into this new role? Which, don't forget, we're also getting Crypto the Dog will also be appearing in the film. Um, now, obviously, now that casting's done. Now, big thing someone did ask James Gunn was, when are we going to do the cast listing for Batman Brave and the Bold? Which James Gunn said that is even 
further, further, further away for a long time. So I would say the casting list for Batman the Brave and Bold will not be happening until uh, this time next year. Yeah, and right now there is going to be so much, so so much speculation. Like Jason Ackles, um, they want him to be the Batman, depending on the age. Yeah, and that's to mention, I think with the Brave of the Bold comes out, it might be the same year that we get the Batman. So again, we'll get another year with two Batman. And technically, this year we got four Batman, uh, one cameo, and um, sorry, two cameos and Ben Affleck. And there was a four of them. Now, Mike Keaton, sorry, but how could I forget that? So, yeah, so he might get another year with both two Batman, because remember, the Batman 2 is coming out, still being directed by Matt Reeves, Rob Hassan still returning, but we will be getting the, uh, I think it's, no, it's a sequel? It's a sequel between the two. We're getting the Penguin show on the HBO Max that is almost a, prelude to the Batman because we will see how the Penguin rises to fame and takes and becomes this massive uh, mob boss leader that we have seen in the comics. So we will see that. So it's almost a prelude prequel, if you will, to the Batman, Uh, which in recent news, pretty much everybody's returning, um, cast listing, photographer, writers, they're all coming back for the film, which I'm really excited for. It's Superman Legacy. I'm quite curious to know how this is going to be shaping up. And now that one big question, which I saw someone tweet, and I thought this was really interesting. So, man, sorry, Superman 1 with Christopher Reeves. John Williams did the score. It's fantastic. It's iconic. That theme is utterly iconic throughout time, and it always will be. Now, fast forward. Man of Steel. Hans Zimmer creates flight again an iconic Superman theme which has been played on so many things um from videos shorts and like this is how you this is a fantastic theme so James Gunn depending on who the composer is he's gonna have a little bit of an uphill battle of a theme Super Superman Legacy yes uh, I don't think we had a major theme for Superman Returns however that was yeah that's a one-off Superman Legacy, this is going to be yeah, Superman moving forward into this massive multi- massive universe, which I have no doubt we will get Superman Legacy 1, 2, and 3 this time, unlike Man of Steel, uh, dropping the ball. Thanks, WB. Uh, we will see. We'll see. Okay, so the big thing I would be looking into this is the thing. And obviously, you know, the next big thing is everyone's going to be looking at is the suit. What? How is... Mr. Su- how's Superman going to look? And how's Crypto going to look? How's that all going to fare? So that's the next big bit moving forward. But now that we have the cast list, there is no mention of Lex Luthor at this stage. But we will be, as everything starts gearing up, uh, I guess in the next news will be Lex Luthor. Until then, it will be st- they will say they will start shooting uh, er- mid to early... Next year, it's July, yeah, I say early next year they'll start shooting. So I'm expecting we will see next about Lex Luthor and another about suit until about further on. Uh, but that is your new that is your new Superman and that's your new Lois Lane. Tell me what you think. Do you, do you like this casting list or do you think they they should have gone younger? Uh, now, this is the, the uh, little league that I'm really excited for. Now, Red Dead Redemption. Now, the first game is iconic. It's a great game and still has one of the saddest endings in a video game. You, you, anyone who's played this game tells you that it has a very sad ending. Um, and it's it's a terrible, because, spoiler alert, it's one of those endings where it makes the game tricks you thinking, oh, no, you can survive. You, you can uh, save the day. Wrong. You um, doesn't matter how many times you tried, which I've done a lot of trying. You can't win, and it's it's one. Of the, it's just such a sad ending. It's gut wrenching, but yeah, you know, it's it's by Rockstar, and it's got a great cult cult following. And then we got the fantastic sequel with this Red Dead Redemption Two, which just amped up everything, and it perfectly leads into Red Dead Redemption. If you play 
the story of these two games back-to-back. It is a stunning story. The acting, everything happens is great. I would love to see a Red Dead Redemption Amazon TV show. Uh, uh, I would love to see that. Amazon money, but I would also accept a movie. I feel like Red Dead Redemption is one of those perfectly crafted stories that you could do so well. Uh, now, so the, the reason I'm talking about this is that we did get, uh, according to South Korea's gaming uh, board uh, to do all the ratings, apparently they let it leak that they have rated a new Red Dead Redemption. Where it's, of course, coming in all leaks and all as well as the fact that we'll be in a remaster. I hope it is just a remaster, not a remake. Because we saw how the Grand Theft Auto uh, Definitive Trilogy came out. Everyone disliked it. It was subpar. Like, I did play it. I probably played each game for an hour each. Most by City, because that's one of my favorites. But it just seemed like a shell. Like, it didn't really... It didn't have the same vibes as me, because I'm older. But, to me, if this is going to be a remake, I hope which I have no doubt Rockstar have listened to the feedback and they give this a little bit more of a juice, a little bit more of a remake than what we got previously. Uh, so fingers crossed. And I know there's so many people out there that are so excited for this game. I think a next-gen remake of this game would look beautiful, especially if they, you know, top it off together with both this. Uh, you could just play this and it goes straight into... Uh, sorry, go to Red Dead Engine 2 and it goes straight into this. And that perfectly seamless would be fantastic. But this is just a leak. There's no official announcement for Rockstar. There's no official announcement of anything. This is just the fact that Red Dead Redemption has been re-rated. So my fingers crossed is that we hopefully, we will see this at the end of this year. Uh, but yeah, but I, again, do you want to see Red Dead Redemption? Or do you think, nah, let me just, let me just download off the Xbox store and just play the original that let my, uh, Childhood, even as you as a child, let my uh, uh, my memories stay. Uh, another game that's coming out in October. So, City Skylines. Uh, so, City Skylines is basically the uh, art this generation, if you will, this generation of Sim City. So, for any city building fans, which that's that's me, uh, this game, City Skylines Two, is coming in October. October the 24th. <laughs> I was about to say 30th, but it's 24th. So, for any city building fans, City Skylines 2 got announced early this year with no release date. However, now we've got the official release date, and one of the best things ever is that this game released on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation all at the same time, no delay. The first City, this first city Skylines is a great game. They did some fantastic... Uh, expansion packs to it. I loved it. They just, I think earlier this year, they released the HD version, so you could even go even bigger on the PlayStation at risk of memory um, due to the power of the PlayStation. Uh, but Sea Skylines, the trailer looks fantastic. Now it's just a brief trailer. Uh, and I really am looking forward to this game. Sim, it's, yeah, spiritual successor, if you will, or just this generation, yeah, this generation's the SimCity, which... There's probably a few people who listen to this podcast that doesn't know what SimCity is, and it makes me feel old as shit. <laughs> uh, but it is meant it is meant to be the premier uh, city building game. Which look, I know it's a lot of people. It's different, you know. I can't play this type of game on. I can't play this type of game on PlayStation or Xbox because of the controls. I've just come so used to it now, and this is uh, it's fantastic. I've sunk so many hours into it. Just a slight, and the controls are very flowy. So, jarring at all. It's the same thing. Well, I was thinking about how like Halo Wars, PC and Xbox, people were a little bit worried about that because you know the type of game it is, an RTS. Uh, but no, this uh, Sea Skylines fantastic. So, this one is coming up, and I can't wait to see what's going to come up next for this particular game. Uh, Next, so uh, what was also going to be coming uh, coming is we've unfortunately got some uh, terrible news about Jonathan Majors. This man is having a rough trot. 
really rough trot. Uh, so, look, innocent to prove it guilty, quoting uh, uh, Falcon, which I can't, Anthony Mackie, who came forward about it and said, you know, uh, innocent to prove it guilty. Unfortunately, there has been another news report that he did this. Uh, charges apparently are a decade long. Unfortunately, uh, that's more is coming out about Jonathan Majors, which you know it's it's hard because you look at from outside looking in, you go, "Shit, what get what was Marvel to do? What if it was all true? Then he should be trialed, as everyone knows." But I agree with Anthony Mackie, isn't proven guilty, um, especially with right now. Like, I'm not saying what he's, he, if he did or didn't, but cancer court. First of all, my, yeah. my best example is James Gunn. James Gunn got fired from Disney because someone went deep dug into his tweets to find some old tweets that he said years ago, like deep diving into it, and he got fired from it. Cancer culture. Like, people will find anything. When you're in the limelight, people will just want to bring you down. Sad. Which is sad, but truth or not truth, we'll see what happens. But Jonathan Major's court case is later this year. Uh, I think it's uh, in October. So we will get Loki season two before that, where Jonathan Major's is meant to make his next return. To me personally, I just, you know, I just hope trial, trial, whatever comes to light, comes to light, good or bad. But unfortunately, right now, the information on Jonathan Major's is stacking up and not looking good. So we might have a new Kang. That's the hard part. <laughs> now, also, we've got some really sad news. Even sadder. For anyone who's excited for The Boys, Season 4, it has been delayed. Uh, one of the showrunners did mention that The Season 4 has been delayed indefinitely. Now, uh, they've wrapped that feeling. It's all done. There's, yeah, it's ready. I think I'm pretty sure it's like three quarters ready to go. I think the writer's strike is what has delayed it indefinitely. Because of this. Now, last year, The Boys Season 3 dropped in June or July. We already got... Uh, we already had the release date for it. Now, this has been one of the... Between The Boys and Season 2 of Invincible, they've had one of the biggest what-ifs, to me personally, on um, when these were going to be released. Uh, Marvel, we kind of knew exactly where they were going to be released, uh, which has come to pass. However, yeah, The Boys... The, no release date, and Invincible Season 2, no release date. Now, indefinitely, he said it's been delayed indefinitely, so there is no mention that indefinitely this year, or definitely as in this might be pushed next year. So, if unfortunately for you, Greeny, the boys fans, I, I wouldn't hold your breath on this. That's the sad thing. We don't know when this will be coming out. I'm just really hoping that we will still get later this year. Uh, I'd like to see uh, season two of the Invincible. That is med- that is coming out this year at some point. I'm gonna say probably about October, November, because I, I, if my memory is right, I think that's when season one came out, or it came out in Feb uh, or March, which I really hope that uh, I really hope that's not the case. But the boys fans, my condolences. I'm right there with you. I'm gutted like a fish. Uh, it just sucks. I will. What can you do? Things, things are, things are what they are. So, but what do you think, guys? You think, uh, give me season four now, or look, I'll wait if it's not ready. That's that's my big thing. Is what do you guys think of that? Uh, so that is the biggest. Actually, sorry, there's one little bit of decent news that I haven't mentioned that we did get in the past week. Uh, apparently, Margot Robbie and Anne Driver have passed on the opportunity to play Mr. Fantastic and Mrs. Fantastic Invisible War in the upcoming Fantastic Four Marvel movie because, well, the reports is due to money, which I could see that happening. Um, and now currently they're looking for, and they're going on to the next one. That So that's up in the air of who they're still looking for, looking to. So I have no doubt that Marvel are looking to lock these in before Comic-Con later this year to at least have that announcement, which I wish we really hope we do. 
Uh, now, a big thing is like I did see someone say, oh, you know, how come Superman Legacy, we got the cast, uh, but we haven't got the cast of Fantastic Four. You gotta you gotta remember that we with Marvel the ball the the ball is so big it's such a moving machine and due to the rise strike it's just it's taking things longer as we're seeing with all the delays so DC is a smaller machine compared to Marvel right now which once upon a time used to be the other way around but it's not so if things keep changing and obviously where they want a situation type of cast. That's why. So, still hold on for it. I'm sure the Fantastic Forecast will eventually. Even if the thing is, that's what I love, is that even if it gets announced, it's not coming out until 2025, 2026 now. So, even if it's like, oh my God, this is who's going to be your new first family of uh, Fantastic Four. Okay. Now I'll wait. Now I will wait until uh, I will wait until the movie comes out because there's no trailer. Not at all, so just twill my thumbs until it comes out. Um, that's the only thing. So be patient, ladies and gentlemen. Be patient. Now, that is the biggest news that's happened the past week. Now, let's get on to something that let's get on to something that did come out this past week. We got the second episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion, uh, which is called Promises. So as I get into this episode, please definitely let me know what you guys think so far. I know I think the ratings for it haven't been too crash hot, but everyone I've been speaking to has loved it so far, have loved it so far, and like how different it is. So it's interesting to see, you know, the ratings to, you know, an audience reaction to it. So this particular episode picks up right after where we see uh, the first episode, with Maria Hill's death. So, before I get... Spoilers, 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 spoilers left, right, center. <laughs> so, we get a flashback of Talos and Nick Fury talking to uh, the, the Skrulls that have come to Earth for refuge, and the fact that we get a nice CGI of young Samuel Jackson, which looked really good, actually. Looked as good as Captain Marvel. Yeah, he is kind of in the shade, kind of in the dark, so you're like, okay, I know why. Where we get to see a young Garrick, Garrick, yeah, you know what, uh, Garrick, Garrick, Garrick. <laughs> uh, where we get to see where he, Samuel Jackson makes the promise saying, you stay low, you look like us, and I'll find your new home world. We get to see that promise, and we get to see where he starts recruiting. So we get that nice little flashback, and then we get to see Samuel Jackson... Nick Fury meeting uh, Maria Hill's mother, uh, where they're sending off her body because she died in the last episode, which I'm still gutted by that. I must say, I was not expecting that at all. Like, I was just like, all right, so we're going to get a bit of Nick Fury, Maria Hill through all the show. Next thing, nope, she's gone. Gone, 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 straight away. Out of this world, gone. Uh, sadly. Which is sad because she's one of the original Avengers. So we get to see that Nick Fury does that, uh, has a very intense situation with uh, Maria's Hill mother, Maria, Maria Hill's mother. Very intense situation with her saying, you know, you be- whatever you're doing, you better um, make it worthwhile and avenge her death. Uh, and he says he will. And we get to, we get to see that. We see uh, Garrick have a meeting with the Skrull Council where he gets elected as the new Skrull General, which we get to see in this boardroom. Uh, one of you know one of our world leaders and the UK PM is a Skrull, where he makes his that uh, he's the new general. He's taken over. He'll be leading Skrull's war against Earth humans. Well, against Earth, they won't take over Earth. It's against humans. Where one of the Skrulls says no. Which has a very small impact. It was like, look, you know, our willingness to go to war is is the reason why we had to move because we're so eager. And she's like, I don't want any part of it. Which Derek says, I'm not going to kill you. You can go on your way. Which she does. Which she speaks to Talos because Talos wants to have a meeting with Garrick to talk about his daughter, which I do believe will lead to that scene that we have seen in the trailers where 
he picks up Garrick and then the entire room changes into Garrick's right there and there. Now, it's a, it's a very powerful scene. Now, this show is very political. It is very like that. It's almost a smack bang sequel to Winter Soldier. How we're getting all this spy thriller. And I'm loving, I'm loving the difference of it. And I'm loving the fact that we're getting all this. And the very next thing is we are going to get Loki, which will be the flip, uh, which will be fantastic. I have no doubt. Um, so, uh, so far the show going, is going good. So then we do get to see Garrick has become the new council leader. And moving on from that, we do get to see uh, Rhodes and Nick Fury have a very intense conversation as Rhodes has to speak on behalf of America because of what happened with the bombing. And we get a really nice comment where he's like, I'm going to cap on uh, so they keep looking at me funny. Like, oh, that's a bit round the nose right there. So, okay. <laughs> All righty uh, Rhodes, and we get a very intense scene between Rhodes and Nick Fury where Rhodes says, I'm not helping. I'm not helping you at all. You're insane. This whole thing idea is insane. A lot of people are speculating of Rhodes as a scroll. I'm going to say no. He's my two cents. He's my money. Rhodes is not a scroll. Uh, I think it's, I think it's more so he's looking at a man who's old, broken. He's got a limp going, going out. There's, there's people everywhere, you know, and going out like that. And Nick Fury's like, you know, when I'm out, I'm in, which was, I liked it, but I thought that lie was a bit corny. I was like, <laughs> uh, all right, I understand it. Where Rhodes is like, okay, lets him out, let him, lets him go away, gun dusted. Um, but it's a very intense scene, which then leads us where we see Nick Fury sit on a bench and look like the whole world has crumbled. That's it. That's done. You know, we we haven't seen the character. Obviously, we haven't had that much limelight. But when you look at this character and then you look at him in Avengers. First Avengers, like, shit, you know, a lot, a lot is happening right now. Once having, you know, a superhero team behind him and then having S.H.I.E.L.D. behind him and now no one's backing him up. And his best friend, I always say his bank, she's been killed. She's dead. And he's having trouble for her to trust. So you see, he's, he's very broken into this. Um, which then also leads to, we get to see, uh, the interrogation scene, uh, with Sonya interrogates one of the scrolls that was captured in the last episode, which, what an, wow, <laughs> what an intense interrogation scene. This was brutal. She cut off his finger because she knew he was a scroll, which you do get to see. Yes, I do. What I do love about Marvel is it doesn't show a lot of blood, even though, I carve a finger. He's not pissing out blood at all. There's see his finger, which turns green. She injects him with this stuff that makes his blood boil, which he's he's insanely going intense about. It is a brutal. Oh, I could be worse, you know. Well, actually, yeah, one guy did get killed by the hook of a beef hook in the butcher. So again, no blood, <laughs> um, no blood at all. But we had an intense scene, and then Garrett gets his team together to go take in. They have an awesome action sequence. And Gaia, during all this, we get to see the flip, is that Gaia follows one of the scientists and finds that they're working, they're, they're gathering Hans individual's blood to, spoiler, to make Super Scrolls. Now, history lesson for anyone who doesn't know what a Super Scroll is. Essentially, it's a scroll. But super, in a sense, they have all the powers of a superhero. So that was how in the comics they were able to co in infiltrate the Avengers. So, for example, you know, a super scroll could mimic Captain America's powers, having all the super strength and sp super speed. Or you know, a scroll could uh, impersonate um, Johnny Storm, have all the powers of Johnny Storm. Or, you know, so and so forth. You know exactly what I mean. Because there is a clip online where you get to see Garrick, his arm out, which it looks like he has a Groot arm, which we do get to see on the screen, is that we get to see Extremis, uh, Groot, and a couple others you do get to see gathering up their blood. This is going to be his 
his answer to find the Avengers. But again, this is a this again is like, you know, what are you gonna do about the Avengers? There is no Avengers right now. The there is no Avengers. They're all scattered right now. So there's no I don't know how they're gonna be like, oh if it, what happens, Avengers come there are none. You call the Avengers, who who are you gonna get? You got no, no there's no coherent team. I'm sure not everyone has everyone's mobile numbers. The closest person that could do it is Doctor Strange, who could assemble the team, where she's had a r- rough time with multiverse madness. Um, but Super Scrolls are coming, which is fantastic, which they can fight the heroes. So, again, if we get Super Scrolls, how is Samuel L. Jackson, how is Nick Fury going to fight them? Like, are, are the normal scrolls going to help him? Because it, it ain't looking good. There will be bloodshed by the end of this season. If all, there's going to be more bloodshed between scrolls against scrolls. So that is going to happen. And I was, as soon as I saw that scene with guys, found that enhanced blood, I was like, <gasps> Super scrolls. Super scrolls are coming, which I was so excited for. Uh, which definitely go Google it in the comics. Uh, so we get to see that. So we also, where we flip back to the interrogation scene, we see Sonya pop down the hole and leave the hole, leave the hole because Garrick takes over, gets in there, takes the guy that they interrogated. And as we all predicted, it's lowered to the woods, popped off for the background because he said too much because he told him about the super enhanced scrolls, super scrolls are coming. Uh, we're now we're with Nick Fury. Now this was this was interesting. So uh, we do let me know it's in the comics, but we haven't seen this before. We see uh, Nick Fury go to this house in the woods. Uh, he's about to come in. We see there's a woman there. She said we see that she's a scroll, and then he comes in, goes talk to her. She doesn't look too impressed with him because she starts turning to her human form, and he's like, you know, you'll, you know, you know. Go back and try again. And he's like, oh, okay, I forgot. Puts on his wedding ring and go kisses his wife. It's his wife. Nick Fury's wife. Holy shit. Now, I know if you're like, oh, why is that such a big deal? Is the fact that she's a scroll. Does does Nick Fury know his wife is a scroll? Which I'm going to take a step and say yes, because Nick Fury knows everything. But uh, this would make, this just doubles the ante on why it's more all becoming Nick Fury's roar. Because not only did he break the promise, is Earth in danger, his wife's a scroll, and it means so much. And he and then you know with Taylor's wife also being killed by Garrick. And Gaia, like whole ante of this just went straight up. And I'm yeah, this if you haven't already, you need to invest in this show. Watch the first two episodes back to back. This is only six episodes season. And you know, for the very last episode, we do have the wonderful, outstanding guys, Earth A94. They will be joining us for the, be joining for the last episode where we're diving and fully break down that last episode. But you gotta you gotta you gotta tune in now. Flip that switch. I think as I said, you know, I said the same thing with Moon Knight. I don't think I said the same thing for Miss Marvel. I think that's you can risk Marvel there. Uh, <laughs> you can leave leaves that one. But this show, if you are the people like Marvel is down after Endgame, okay, that's that's fine. Watch it now because this is a sequel to Captain Marvel and Winter Soldier, and obviously Endgame. So you should be fine with this. So no complaining. No going. Oh my god, it's just awful. It's blah blah blah. Shut the hell up and go watch the show right now. That is my that is my tidbit. And please let me know what you guys think. Uh, what, uh, what? How do you think this is going to end? That's the biggest thing. So obviously next week we have to find out more about Nick Fury's wife. <laughs> out of nowhere. So let's. Do, so that is my review of the Secret Invasion's last episode, Promises, where we're going to move into Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the fifth outing with Harrison Ford as the titular character with a budget of three hundred million, 
Farrelly box office, 25 million at the box office it's made, directed by James Mangold, and also is composed by John Williams. And this is the last movie with John Williams will be scoring uh, ever because the man is like 85 and he will go down history is the the best composer ever, ever. Just go to Spotify and have a look at everything that's on there that he's made. You're like, God damn. God damn. So this movie, so there was a lot riding on this movie. You know, there was Harrison Ford definitely wanted to come back as the titular character. He's still very he's still very agile. He didn't want the movie to be recast. Now, obviously, when Disney bought Lucasfilms, their very first like I was to reboot, reboot, was to kick off and the new Star Wars movie slates and TV shows, which we did get. So Indiana Jones was always on the table, but they wanted to start with Star Wars, which is fair enough. There's a lot more, lot more uh, ground with Star Wars compared to Indiana Jones for obvious reasons. Now, when this got announced, we're all, ex- we're all very excited, especially with James Mangold being directing it. Because James Mangold has done some fantastic films, but most recently in a lot of people's minds was Logan, which was outstanding. It was great. So for me, I was looking and go, okay, James Mangold's directing this. Ah, uh, it's you know, helped writing. I think that was you know, a great, uh, great pick. Obviously, you know, no George Lucas, no Steven Spielberg. He's the next person taking this role. Was a little bit worried about Harrison Ford playing the character. Yes, was also a little bit worried about because I didn't really like the Crystal Skull. I didn't really. I was like, uh, will this be below Crystal Skull, same level as Crystal Skull, or will this be better? That's uh, that was my mindset going into this. Um, which uh, I watched. I do love is that uh, when me and my mates went to go see this film, and it was uh, three of us, and all of our dads came. It was really, it was really good. Um, all three of us and all three of our dads all came to this movie. Uh, cause I have this, I have this memory with Indiana Jones, which I always love. Is that I remember, um, it was, uh, yeah, no old TV before we had streaming as a kid. And I remember my old man saying to me, yeah, let's watch these. Cause, uh, the channel, uh, was watching the channel we uh, always watch TV. They were doing every Sunday. They did Ian Jones film one, two, and three. And my old man, my mother saying, "Hey, look, let's sit down and let's watch this. All three of them." And I loved it. I loved the. I love the first. Oh, actually, I love all three Ian Jones films. It was just action, adventure. It was funny. You know, big set pieces. Uh, the perfect to capture your imagination as a kid. You know, you watch these films and you watch Back to the Future. Jurassic Park, and you're know, that same type of vibe. And obviously, you know exactly why. Steven Spielberg had his name on all three of them. Uh, and, you know, it was great. And for years, I didn't even realize that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was the prequel, uh, <laughs> uh, which, funny enough, I wonder how many people actually knew that when the film originally came out. But uh, that is indeed the prequel. And then we got Indiana Jones 4, which, you know... Some of the CGI on it was shit. It, it didn't really capture. I know a whole people liked it, and I'm pretty sure I think Charlotte Booth criticized uh, Steven Spielberg at the production of the whole film, not to mention the whole fridge thing. A lot of people were a bit off about that. So it was, it was a bit riding on this film of how it's going to come out. So the premise of this film is that this is... The last ride. This is the swan song. This is the one last, last adventure with Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones is his last time. He's you now in his eighties. He's you know this is this is the end, which we get to see in this movie. Uh, we see that he's retiring from teaching. Um, we see he's living the apartment. It's set in nineteen sixty nine. The sad thing is we see that he's divorced from. Uh, Marion, uh, we also find out, spoilers, 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 we also find out that uh, his son Mutt um, died, he went to war, which I, I'm really glad that Charlotte Booth didn't come back for this film, and I'm glad they didn't go with you know, Charlotte Booth being the next to me, and 
I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford was like someone like Chris Hemsworth being the next VA Jones in Shia LaBeouf, um, which yeah, you know, Shia LaBeouf has done terrible, not terrible things, but his career is just like, like gone weird, which we all know. Um, but before we capture up to the character and what well, he's aged now, we get this wonderful set piece at the very start, which has some crispage CGI of de-aging Harrison Ford. Now, this is one of the, this is one of the things I said to uh, when I made to the movies, is that even though that was Harrison Ford, he's de-aged to when he was younger, all the fight scenes he's in seem very, like, it's, uh, I don't know if they're doing a stunt double, where it was Harrison Ford, either way, seem very reminiscent of the first three Indiana Jones. And what I mean as a comparison is the Irishman with... Um, Oh, I just totally forgot his name. Uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is the age, but the fight scenes you see in that he's slower. So you can like you're watching go, okay, you're not moving like an agile man of that age. So you can like kind of tell. But within with Harrison Ford, you know, is you could tell straight away he was doing the punching, cracking necks, um, did really good. And again, we obviously know who the bad guys are, Nazis. <laughs> Right back to that old chestnut. Now, what we get to see is that we get a great uh, action scene at the very start. This goes back um, where he's after the uh, after the lance of lance of I'm trying to remember the name, lance of Longmans. I can't pronounce the last one, and, and it's uh, this lance that they're going after. You know, belongs to the museum. Uh, we get to see. We also get to see Mads Mikkelsen's uh, evil character, uh, which you get to see that he's a scientist. Interesting stuff. He has a really great arc, actually, in this movie. I thought it was very interesting how he came back around, how he stayed in the limelight. This and Mads Mikkelsen does a fantastic job. So is Harris for acting all around. Positive. Um, and we get to get an action piece on a train. We and we also get to see that. And Mouse Mickelson is talking to the general and he's saying, Lance is a fake. But I do have this. I have Akamini's dial, which apparently this dial is only half one piece that can, it can time travel. It can take you somewhere. You know, it can, um, different, different bits of time. It can go to bits only one half. Gerald doesn't give a shit because he's like, who cares about a dial? Like the Fuhrer is not going to give a shit. Uh, which then now we get uh, Andy uh, gets the dial um, with he's made sure and we get to see where they take it off and then that's how it for great action set piece how's it keep going um, as we get to see so then we get to see Mr. Harrison Ford in the air jars in his boxes in the fact that uh, he's old, which shirtless Harrison Ford, which I did see in some person's interview, someone said he was still uh, hot. Uh, he was still hot at his age. I was like, what a weird thing to do at an interview conference. It's like, hey, your, your shirt was off. Mm, it's still delicious. I uh, just wanted to let you know that you are. Like, oh, okay. But yeah, someone said he still looked hot in his boxes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to see it's based in 1969. We, we find out, you know, he's divorced. Yes, he he's retired. Um, but then we, as he retires, we get to see that it's kind of, when he's talking to his class, which I really did love, he, he was excited. The dial, you know, history, blah, blah. His students couldn't give a shit. Next thing, so it rolls in about the astronauts laying on the moon, and they're more excited about that. So you do get that feeling he's a relic of an old time. No one gives a shit about archaeology. Uh, it's all about, you know, laying, laying on the mirror. Always very reminiscent of, like, Toy Story 2, you know, when, boom, an asteroid went up to space. No one gave a shit about, you know, cowboys anymore. And same thing, you know, always same thing. No one gave a shit about archaeology. is all about space, where you can go to next. So... The next, the next thing is we get to see that uh, Shaw, that's Shaw, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character is he helped America land on the moon, 
He's a scientist who's helped them. So that's where he's been working on in the background. And this time, but he's still off the dial. Uh, so, and it, they're following uh, Helena Shaw's daughter, uh, where she meets up with Indiana Jones. Indiana meets up with Indy and talks about it. She read all his books. Uh, you find out that Indy and Shaw had a bit of a falling out because he became obsessed with the dial. So Indy took the dial off him and he was promised to to destroy it. Richard might out that he didn't destroy it because he couldn't because yeah, it's an artifact. It's, it goes against everything Indy's based on. So that leads into a action set piece between uh, Helena, Helena taking the... Um, the dial, any frame for murder because uh, Mads Mikkelsen kills all these people, kills half of his staff, half of any in, in staff he just celebrated with saying uh, retiring. About four or five of them died, and I was like, "Oh!" So really, at the end, of, in between this movie, if you're friends with Ian Jones, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. Like. One and a couple more friends of Indy dies in this movie, so it's really don't be too close to the man. So that leads into a great action set piece with Harrison Ford riding on a horse, a subway, um, which then we leads him to go overseas, which we do get to see the set piece at the hotel. Um, because we find out that she's actually she wants to sell the doll because of the fact that she is in debt with the mob, she actually doesn't want to. Um, fire the rest of half and you know, go lead to follow her father's work. Which again leads into a nice action set piece, which is a chase scene, which is synonymous with Indiana Jones films. We have a great chase scene. Soundtrack is really good. And all through it, again, CGI, still in holding up. I didn't find any jarring moments, which I really did like. Uh, in this day and age, I, th- I don't know if it could be because I just saw the flash that I'm just a bit like, oh, this is bad. So when I see good CGI, I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. Um, so it's a little bit of difference. And I guess, yeah, any age is a lot like Lucasfilm, all the design studio compared to uh, DC. So we get, to, we, get to, we get to see the fantastic uh, chase scene, which was done really well, uh, which then leads into an underwater scene as they go try and find the second half of the dial. With Matt Mickelson characters following them all the way and still uh, back and forth. Again, one of Indy's friends dies, which is Anton Banderas. He is really not in this film very long. Very short. Very, very short uh, that he's in this film. Um, which also leads into them going to uh, Akamese's um, grave. Which when they look find his grave, they find out, like, oh, okay, there's crap, there's uh carvings of what looks like a plane or a helicopter and then when they look at Akami's grave he's, he's going to watch and they're like hang on he can't have these things where would he notice oh, I guess the dial did work you know uh, which then Mads up, catch up, catches up gets the other half of the dial shoots Indiana Jones which to be honest for the next like 40 minutes of the film, Indy should have died and bled out. But that's the, that's the fun part of these movies that he does. Because he got shot in the shoulder. He's, he's like buggered. I'm like, eh, he probably should have bled out or something. And I wish we find out that Mads Mikkelsen wants to steal the dial to go back and right the wrongs of uh, World War II and to ta- uh, let you know, Nazis win. And we get, and they do, they actually do go back in time, which I was watching and I did think it was like time travel in the air, Jones. I was like, well, hang on. I'm like, nah, that's not out of the realm of what Indiana Jones could do. Like, it's not that far fetched. Cause let's be honest, like, he, he found uh, the Ark of the Coven that was melted people's brains and technically ghosts. He, um, he also found the Holy Grail, which saved his dying father from a gunshot and himself. And he found a crystal skull, which was aliens. So I'm like, mm, you know what? Time travel? I accept it. I, it. It's not like, oh, it's too far-fetched. Like, you can accept it. Uh, which they do go back in time, which is, they are sure uh, Mad Mikkelsen's character's plans were completely wrong. They went too far back in time. They actually go to when 
Archimedes was alive, which explains why they had the, the engravings of the helicopter, like a plane, and why he had the watch. It all explains it. And we get this really nice moment where Indy says, like, I want to stay. I want to stay back in time. I want to stay here. Which, to me, I would accept it. It would make perfect sense if he stayed back in time, like, and lived history. Uh, it would have... I've been like, okay, that's, that's, how, that's how he dies. Uh, but Helena's like, nah, you're coming with me. Punches him in the face, like, nah, you're coming with me. We're going back. Which we do see him go back. Uh, he wakes up in his apartment and we do get to see what she says to him like why she's like I need you to be here there's other people who need you and then Miriam walks in they have a nice moment together and it's really beautiful and another thing is that uh, Helena does ask a little bit further back was like oh, what would you go back and change what she did say is like I would go back and uh, stop myself arguing with my son for him to go off to war and dying and um marry my wife can't get over it and we divorce which is really sad um which is uh yes yeah uh 100% uh, a little bit so very well yeah mcu always yeah mcu and game ending as same thing you always need the music uh Almost need the music for it to go into, but that's pretty much, yeah, that's as exactly right. Uh, how they could all go with beautiful um, ending. But yeah, so overall, this movie gave you that sense of adventure. It's a great swan song ending. It is great to see these characters back. Did, did At the end of it, I was a bit like, okay... The action was good, the CGI was good. It is almost, which is in Indiana Jones, it's almost one long trailer. The balls are always, no, Boulder is always moving in this film, um, which it does wrap up him very nicely. I would probably would go back to this film before Indiana Jones 4. I probably would go straight from Indiana Jones 3 to 4. I feel like almost 4, sorry, 5 is a better sequel uh, to number three, because uh, all, all the returning characters, obviously it doesn't mention his father, because we do know in number four he's passed away, um, but it's almost a better sequel than I would say number four is. So I would highly recommend you go check out this film. Don't have your expectations too high. You know, you know could, if this film could ensure it a little bit, you know, is your hero a bit older? Yes. Legacy sequels, um, don't have your expectations too high. If you just keep it in the mid tier, I think you'd be very satisfied with the whole thing. And it will also be on Disney Plus in a few months. Uh, so definitely go check that. And you have the entire quadrilogy. Oh no, quadrilogy. One, two, three, four, and five, all on Disney Plus, which currently all all films are currently streaming right now. Now, yes, that is now with how, with that done. Obviously, now we do know there is an Indiana Jones video game that's coming out on Xbox. But this is the one thing that we need to accept, ladies and gentlemen, is that the next time we have an Indiana Jones film, is that there will be a new Indiana Jones. There will be a new one. Uh, I think the unless they do unless they do a prequel. You know, expand on the very first little half that we got from Indiana Jones 3 at the beginning, um, where he was a kid leading up to everything, unless you expand that more. Um, yeah, there's, but then again, if you do know the Indiana Jones, you do make a prequel, do you make him go back to find the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, the Temple of Doom? Do you do all that, or do you find a new set of adventure for him, which you're going to have to? Um, and there'll be new people. There'll be someone new. Hopefully not Chris Pat. I, my thing is, if they make another Indiana Jones and they do a completely reboot, I want a very young actor to grow into the role. It's the same thing about how Indiana uh, Harrison Ford was when he took up the role. That's the same age. So I could really grow into it. Um, but yeah, Indiana Jones. I three little pigs, female lead. Now, the only thing is, I would say no to a female leading in uh, Jones, or it would be, uh, is because technically that's Tomb Raider. 
Tomb Raider is really fit the female version of Indiana Jones. Which Tomb Raider, we are getting a brand new TV show, which I think is going to be on Amazon. But yeah, I would say that's um, if you want to watch a female Indiana Jones, just watch Tomb Raider. That's yeah. Which currently right now there's three Tomb Raider movies. One, two with Angela Jolie, and the third one I can't remember who it is, but uh, that's I would take that. Yes. There's some thriller. I would say Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider, Multiverse, both of them sold. Take my money. That would be an awesome, especially like both of them trying to get the same, like MacGuffin. For anyone who doesn't know MacGuffin, yeah, exactly. For people who do, it's like, we need to get this part to go to this. Perfect example, Transformers. Uh, Transformers, Spark. Avengers, uh, Avengers, the... The Tesseract, the MacGuffin, the part that the evil person is trying to get take over the world. Same thing. But, uh, and male Tim Tim Raider, female Indiana Jones. But then I guess that would that just mean that Indiana Jones is, yeah, would that just be the just a flip? But right now, everyone getting recasted, uh, you never know what could happen, especially with Disney. Which we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, three out of five stars, ladies and gentlemen. So, but definitely tell me in the comments, what do you think of the movie? Do you want to see a sequel or you're like, do you want to see a reboot? You're like, nah, let's leave for a good 20 years. Same thing they did last time with a sequel. So for everybody, thank you very much for tuning in for this episode. Thank you very much for everyone coming past and alive. And as always, until next time, happy ranting. Thanks for listening to Light Camera Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, happy ranting.